to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet, where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Uh, happy Monday to everyone who's joining us live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter, or if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast destination, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is episode 192, where, again, my corner of the internet, where we talk all things Amazon e-commerce. Today's no exception, but before we get kicked off, just want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments, no, not a table tennis company. No, not a company that's going to uh, help you with your backhand. It's going to be helping you save time, money, and effort. What does that mean? It means if you're making payments to a different country and localized currency, you can actually save more money by instead of paying additional fees, paying out your suppliers, your manufacturers, your distributors, your VAs, whatever you are doing as a small and medium-sized business you're going to be able to do it more effectively with a ping pong account. It's free to sign up. It's cost effective to do. And it's almost better every single time. I'm going to say not almost better every single time than going to the bank and trying to do an international payment. So if you're sending money, receiving money from a different country uh, as a small or medium sized business owner, go ahead and sign up for ping pong payments today. When you do that, just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to get all of our past episodes as well as signing up for free today. That being said, episode 192, we're getting very close in the next two weeks. We're going to be hitting that magical marker of 200. I'm going to count down myself because I'm not sure what that episode looks like. But until then, we have a great lineup of people who are going to be touching on various different topics of the Amazon and e-commerce space. We're winding down again. It, as of today, this is December 6th. So we have multi, uh, just a few weeks left until the magical Christmas holiday season, whatever you want to call it, however you tend to celebrate it. But the Amazon world, this is crunch time for people and retail world, crunch time for lots of different people. So today, instead of kind of going on one different topic, we're going to touch a bunch of different topics. We're going to be talking about building an external audience 2022, as well as touch on a couple other things, the future of aggregators, supply chain logistics. I was just listening to a report from CNBC breaking down Amazon's tactics and how they're mitigating supply chain uh, headaches and how they've been doing that for years. And now it's come to fruition. So we'll touch on all those different things, but wanted to bring back a friend of the show, uh, Marcus Patty of Emergent. Last time he was with Helium 10. Now he's with an amazing new company called Emergent, who's buying and acquiring new businesses and brands selling on Amazon, aka, as we most of us know in the space in aggregate. So without further ado, want to bring on Marcus Patty, head of growth over at Emergent. Marcus, what is going on? How are you doing today? Hey, man. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having yeah, of me course. on. Of course. I know you say, I love it when you say yes and you don't ask questions. So <laughs> that, that's the best kind of guess I can ever have. That too, so. <laughs> that's hey, right. Go do, yeah, just whatever. So yeah, sure. No problem. Send me the details and I'll do that right now. So yeah, yeah that's, uh, so since the last time we talked, uh, I, I specifically on just this show, I've been on your uh, show, you've launched a podcast bunch of different uh, new projects you have working on. Uh, what, what's been new since the last time you've been on Crossover Commerce? Uh, yeah, well, I work for an entirely different company now. So <laughs> uh, that's new people. probably the biggest. Same, yeah. same headaches, new people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was previously at Helium 10. I was there for two years. Before that, I was with another Amazon software company. Um, and I was there for four years. So over six years in software for businesses selling on Amazon. And then I switched over into the aggregator space and uh, super excited about it. I like this side of the industry. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's pretty intriguing to see um, 
to see how much money uh, is flowing through all these aggregators. And, you know, there's over a list of what's a, it's over a hundred aggregators right now, but you know, a lot of them aren't even talking about how much money they're raising. So like everything that you hear about, that's not even, that's not even probably the majority of the money being raised. So um, super interesting. Uh, it'll, it'll be uh, telling to see what happens in the next 18 to 24 months. Uh, there's a lot of opinions about that. So um, those are fun to navigate. It's okay. We lost, we lost you on video, but it's hey, awesome. no problem whatsoever. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring him back. Right, let's go ahead and bring him back to just a single space. Uh, I had Barkus, but I must he must have kicked a cable. But for everyone who's tuning in, Barkus Patty, he was just talking about, uh, if you're just tuning in, had him as a uh, going from helium to there he is, back again. There you go. I catch you again. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Kicking cables, it's all good. I, I have it more often than that. It's exactly what I did. That's all good. No, uh, so you were telling us, uh, obviously, in the next 18 to 24 months or so, I think I would be, I would agree with you. I think it's a fascinating space to be in, but you're on the other side. You've, you've gone from software to the other side. What's the biggest uh, difference for you maybe in that, that capacity? Is it as you thought or maybe a little bit different or is how exciting has it been since you kind of moved to this side of the, the world? Um. The biggest difference, I, I, I think, I mean, it, it, we're just dealing, we're dealing with, I guess, so with most software right now, you are, you have, you're still dealing, you know, B2B, right? Business to business sales, but it's a different type of business owner. Like a lot of people, when we were even at the previous company and at Helium 10, a lot of consumer, like a lot of those customers are are new to selling or you know, I don't want to say green, but a, a lot of the majority of them are new to selling online. I've heard about this. I've heard you can have your own business and make money selling on Amazon and I want to get started. And I've heard that Helium 10 is the best place, the best software to get started. Right. So um, then on our end, we've got people that, you know, make five to $10 million a year or more, you know, or whatever. And they're like, we want to sell our business. So, Two like still technically it's all B two B, but you know we're looking to buy those businesses that are profitable. Um, however long that's taken, so it's it's still the same, it's just a little different, right? Um, you get, you're having higher level conversations, right? So um, you know different part of the with, journey that you're talking with them. At. Yeah, it's kind of, it's the end of the journey, or at least the end of that chapter. A, a lot of people are like, hey, we're just gonna we just want to start over. We're good at building a business to make $4 million a year, but we don't have the, we don't know how to build the team to go to 40 million. And we don't want to bring in outside money to build it to 40 million. So we'd rather just sell it 4 million and then just rinse and repeat our process that works for us. So that's, that's, mm -hmm. which is, which is a cool thing. Like you, you, you realize your limits as a, as a business owner and a person and, and you're like, okay, well I did this. I can probably do it again. So that's, that's, those are, those are cool conversations to have. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that that would be fascinating, especially when you're looking at all the businesses that potentially you're going to acquire or just helping people. I would think that only a certain percentage that is going to be inbound or you're talking with people that you're going to have serious conversations with acquisition, but then also helping people, hey, maybe take a look at this business or try to look at this model and grow this way. Is that is that also part of the conversation that you're having with, hey, if you can turn this around, these numbers will look completely different. 
and maybe we can talk again in six months or so. <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's part of what I do uh, here at Emergent is if anybody's interested in talking to us and they want to sell their brand to us, um, or if they're just interested in learning more about you know how to sell a business. So I, I always do like a quick 30, 45 minute, um, you know, it's a no pitch consultation. If, if you've got, hey, look, man, I want to sell my business. Can you give me some pointers or whatever? Or what do I need to look out for? And I give them some initial thoughts, right? So it's really just, it's not even due diligence. It's really just looking at the brand from Amazon's perspective and using some software to kind of look at some other data and really just coming up with, hey, everything looks great. Do you want to have another conversation? Do you want to have a conversation with other founders? Or, man, I think like, I think if you do a couple of these things, you can really improve these core things that, that aggregators are looking for. Uh, and like you can sell now, but you could probably get more or, Hey, there's a couple of, I, I hate to say red flags because it sounds so bad, but you know, for example, if your product reviews are at 4.4 for like the two ASINs that make up the most of your income, you know, you really want that above four and a half before mm -hmm. you bring it to, to anybody to sell, cause it just increases your valuation. So now it's easier said than done to do that, but you know, uh, most aggregators these days, they, they want as much of a turnkey business as possible. So that's what you want to give them, right? It's like, I always use this analogy, but it's like buying a home, like nobody wants to most people want a move in ready home, they don't want to mm -hmm. come in and have to rip up the floors or replace the windows or fix a leak. So that's kind of the same concept, like you want to position you want to present your your brand um, to sell in the best way that you can. So that's a lot of those conversations that I have initially. Well, it makes sense too, because as teams scale, you only have so many people to work on those kinds of things. If you're talking about someone who's ripping out the floors, someone's doing the, you know, the roof and all those things, those take time, money, and effort. And it's just not a quick turnaround time. Is that majority of, you say a lot of people want to do turnkey, you can tweak a couple of things like cosmetically and um, sure. structure and, and build it as you go. So what's that focus for the team over there? Is it First off, it's not agnostic. I, I know all these answers, but I want to also yeah. like present this for, for people because you're not, Emergent is one of those that are, are newer to the market, but obviously not as flashy, not a lot of PR, but that's not by, that's by design. That's not obviously by mistake. So is it yeah. more agnostic? Is it category focused? What, what are we talking about? Um, you know, we won't shy away from any conversation, any initial conversation. Um, you know, we're obviously not going to buy any electronics brands these days, just given the, um, you, you know, what, buy a microchip product? Well, yeah. what, well, just based on, you know, what Amazon did to a bunch of, uh, electronics brands over the summer, right. They, mm -hmm. they suspended like 5,000. So that's kind of a, an area we might shy away from, um, you know, but we're learning, we, you know, we've got a few brands in apparel and we've got, um, you know, we've got a coffee brand, we've got sports and equipment brands. And, and others. So we're, we're, we're finding our way and maybe we lean heavy into apparel. I'm not, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, or maybe we lean heavy into something completely different. Um, I think that's the goal. You know, like, I think that eventually all, I think all aggregators will eventually, whether they want or thinking about it now or not, they're all going to start to niche to differentiate themselves. Right. Uh, and some already have, uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> because it, 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 if you are really good at apparel and you know, you know, apparel and you know, those categories, you know, those flat files and everything like that, it's easier to train a team on, Hey, we're, we're building a, an apparel portfolio. Right. Um, and that that's easier to scale those brands when you know what to do in those categories versus 
getting into supplements. We don't know of anything about supplements, but it's going to take us a while. So kind of like the, the classic 80, 20 rule. So, um, you know, we're not, we're, we're not agnostic, but we're kind of, we're finding what we're really good at, you know, and, and, and right now it kind of seems to be apparel, but that doesn't mean that we're going to dive into it. So, uh, it's just right. kind of what we found and what we've, what we've looked into these days. Well, that's, that's the fascinating thing too, because I think you're starting to see the, the nuances of this is, this is my favorite thing to do is watch the whole side of the industry. And I like to see how people position themselves, like what phrasing they like to use of a like branding. We want to find a brand and it used to be, we want to find an Amazon business. Okay. Well, that's changed. Why is that? Because yeah. a lot of people are finding that brands to take them on, put them on Amazon or finding the ones that are being successful off of Amazon. What are those values? The, the audience that they're building out, the way they're in touch with their consumer, the meat on the bones that they can take that brand to another level. All those kinds of things are very specific, but then finding this niche down of, hey, we're only in health and wellness or we're only in sports and or home and garden. I think one uh, over the weekend, I saw an article is, we really just want to buy brands. It's one of those private, smaller ones that have, we just want to buy home and garden products. And that yeah. to me speaks volumes because they know how the supply chain works. They can go to the specific, uh, you know, either events or uh, whatever that is and get in front of people and say, listen, we we're successful with these already. Why not trust us with yours to take it to the next level? So yeah, if we're going to go to predictions for 2022, that's yeah. where I would, I would agree with you on that. Well, yeah. And if you ever want to, as an aggregator, if you ever want to sell your entire portfolio or part of it, then it's easier to be like, hey, we've done this with these five brands in home and garden, and we basically created one massive brand, right? Um, and it, it's just easier to sell that versus, hey, we've got these, we've got these five brands, and these are socks, and these are Bluetooth headsets, and these are garden, ho you know, so like, it's an easier sell. So, um, so yeah, and and then like you said too, like people will, you know, by default probably trust an aggregator more that if if they're in home and garden and if that's pretty much all they do, you'll trust them that they can take care of your home and garden brand. Yeah, I agree. So with that being said, um, uh, you threw so many different topics my way that we can go down all these different roads. We talked about just a little bit about the aggregator space and we can obviously tie back to that but building sure. a brand building an external brand presence in 2022 a lot of people are looking at what are important things there's so much that happened to tos there was an update with that of how to launch new products there was all these different little tweaks and almost the death by a thousand paper cuts it seemed like this entire year but what a lot of people are emerging with in this year not to have a pun on the name emerging no, okay <laughs> it's just natural it comes out yeah right? um the emerging conversations that are happening are building a brand and i'm gonna reiterate again building a brand on and off of amazon amazon is slowly making those tweaks of hey follow this company or the brand itself so when new products launch you can be notified and how traffic is being associated and um, awarded in certain areas versus not is that is that where people are going to have to learn that what you are building is not just a widget factory, put it out there and it's going to sell like crazy. You have to yeah. build a cohesive storefront as if people were going to come in and out of your retail store. That's what Amazon's going to start to look. Well, they're already leaning towards that of like just brand right. registry alone. It's not just for protection anymore. There's all these amazing tools in there and they keep coming out with new tools 
they came out with just a couple in the past few months and it's telling it's, you know, and, and also like you, you kind of mentioned social posts. So Amazon has posts where you can create it inside Amazon. It's almost like posting to it, the best way to describe it is like your brand can post to Amazon's version of, of Instagram, but it's, you know, it's not, they don't have an app for it. Right. But you get to post about your brand. Um, and then they're, they're dispersed. Like, so people can, if people follow your brand, they can see those posts and they're on listings and stuff. Um, and there's, there's so many other things in, inside brand registry. Um, it is super easy to get into. All you need is a trademark, which you should have one anyway. If you're, if you're, you know, if, if you want to build anything real, you need to protect it from the legal sense, you know, trade sense, you know, trade sense, almost, almost these days, right? He's right. He's right. Um, and that's the only, and that's the only, and that's the in brand register, in brand register, in brand, looking at that, at that, at that. Um, which is, um, which is, um, because, um, I, I love when brands kill it, um, off of Amazon or even off of Walmart or whatever. Um, it just shows that that brand's listening to their demographics, they're understanding their needs and, uh, they're, they're developing products and upgrading products based on those needs, right? Like you might build the coolest, whatever in the world, like the, the coolest garlic press in the world that you think, but everybody else might think it's terrible. Um, which is good information. So many people lean into like, Oh, I got one negative review. Like, man, like Apple gets negative reviews, right? Like that's what, like, you know, I'm not an Apple fanboy, but I respect their legacy that, that, you know, what they've built. So, you know, if you think of your favorite brand in the world, they get negative reviews. They get, they get people that absolutely hate them for whatever reason. And you can't, you know, so just lean into those and try to figure out, are they really just upset because they had a bad day? Or is there something that I can approve about some sort of experience, a product, whatever, right? Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I love Amazon leaning into it because it's, it's, it's going to continue to separate the real brands from people who are just trying to sell something to make money online, not knocking that at all, but the, the brands that are really trying to build that brand and build people that care about, you know, Acme Inc., whatever the name of your brand is, if you get them to really care about that and care about what you have to say, um, just long term, it's just better all the way around. Right. Because so you is, can take, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so does that mean that businesses, as they start to, I guess, in this capacity, when you're talking about eventually exiting, which I believe that's a conversation that every Amazon owner wants to do, whether it's a pass off their business or do it in a way where they can acquire new brands or businesses or they build it so it's sustainable and growable is the model that it's being placed out there now. It's now I have to be brand friendly. Is it, can it, can it be only on Amazon or can it, does it have to be now both Amazon and direct to consumer? Does, is it, is it leaning towards? Um, so I look at, I look at anything like that as an asset to the business. If you have an email list or mess, any type of messaging list, if you have, um, a social media presence with engaged followers, like that's an asset. Now it depends on the aggregator, which, which one finds the value in the most. Um, and it's really important. Like when you get ready to exit is to talk to, don't talk to just one. Like I would love for somebody to, you know, like, Hey, Barkus, uh, I love you. And I want to sell you my brand. Cool, man. Unless you know everything about your brand, like, unless you already know that valuation going into it, 
Like you've, you, you know, you've done everything. You've done all the homework. You've had an accountant, like you've got an accountant, you got an attorney. Like if, if you're, unless you're there, it's really smart to go talk to multiple aggregators. And, and here's why is because you might, it's not just for that evaluation, right? Like you'll understand what's important to certain aggregators. Like maybe you've done really well in like your region of the United States and like, like locally, like brick and mortar, maybe you have like 20% of your business is that maybe going down there, you find a, an aggregator that's like, Hey, we're leaning into retail. And then it's like, they get, they get what you're trying to do versus somebody who's like, we only care about Amazon and everything else we're going to kill. Right. And there are aggregators like that. And I don't, I'm not knocking that at all. We just all have different goals. So that's why it's important because you just want to find who's going to take care of your brand the best. Now, some people go into sell, they don't care. They just, Hey man, whoever's going to give me the most, I don't care if you kill my social media and my retail, my brick and mortar. I don't care about that. I just, whoever's going to give me the biggest check, um, not knocking that at all. So, um, I just think it's important right now because it's a seller's market. You know, there's a lot of competition. Um, and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot. Yeah. Well, to unpack that, right. It's, um, you, you would think that a lot of people do want to care about it. I, I would, I would think like an emotional attachment would be once you exit your brand that you put so much time and money and effort into. And again, I've heard in different veins that they're, they, they can look for a brand that's only been around. I say brand. I'm, I'm trained in branding and marketing. So I want to say brand always. Uh, for a person who's selling only for 12 months or even less than, or I would say at least a year, but yeah. they're okay with it seeing just for a year's worth of time, that product being okay. And then putting that in their portfolio or making a pitch to that is really, yeah. is there a minimum that feels right for either you guys or that feels right to call it successful online instead of just a fad or a flash in the pan or a trend or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, um, we you know, like our minimum right now is like, you've got to be selling for at least 12, 12 months. Um, and you know, you've got to be obviously profitable. Um, you know, there's, there's other things in there too, but you know, if somebody just launched a brand three months ago, we're not going to buy it because we can't, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, now I'm not saying that that'll never happen with us and that'll never happen with another aggregator, but typically all of us want to see at least 12 months of, of growth. Now, maybe that's only 10% year over year, um, you know, or maybe that's 30%, whatever that, whatever that number is, we do want to see that because that just shows us like, okay, you built something, right? Like how far can we start looking at certain metrics and, and making decisions? Like how far can we take this? You know, we look at the market and, and competitors and everything. So. Is there, is the opportunity a big factor as well in terms of, Hey, maybe I might be number one for three straight years in the the pillow category or something like that like i only i only say that because um a notorious aggregator out there is like yeah we have the number one selling pillow on amazon for five straight years to me does that sound appeasing as a as a brand or a business owner that i've had that long-standing business and as an aggregator is that appealing to people that it's only it's been number one for five years there's not much room for growth is there in terms of on amazon only specifically because the only way to place to go is down if you're number one for five yeah, years. I'm, I mean, it, it really depends. Right. I think that, and I, and I hate that answer, but that's, that's, I hate when no, it does uh, depend. Yeah. 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 So, if, I mean, if you think about, <clears throat> if you think about what happened during the pandemic, like uh, a lot of brands saw the COVID bump, right? So they saw a rise 
And I mean, every everything around e-commerce saw a bump um, to the point now that we're dealing with supply chain issues um, all over the world. It's not just the U.S. So it, it, it always depends. Like maybe you were number one in like granola bars for five years pre-COVID. Then you saw a 40 percent jump in 2020 because of COVID. Right. So uh, and then like you're you're still you still keep growing like there's brands that have seen a COVID bump. You know, it went up and, you know, call it a bump because it went up and down, but they're still continuing to grow. And none of what's happening right now is anything that we could anybody could have predicted. Right. Um, so a lot of factors play into it. It really like if you're the number one selling pillow brand for five straight years on Amazon, if that's what if you're coming, if Ryan, that's your brand, and you're coming to me and on Amazon like, hey, I want to I want to sell you this brand. We've been selling, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you have zero online presence, like you have zero social media, you don't have any type of uh, messaging list. I'm like, okay, there's an opportunity. Are you selling anywhere? You only sell on Amazon. Okay. Like, you know, Amazon, you know, I think they have what half of e-commerce these days, like half of e-commerce transactions exist on Amazon. So there's, there's growth there. And that depends on the aggregators. Are we leaning into building a DTC brand? Are we built? Are we leaning into social media? Are we leaning into retail or Walmart.com? Um, so that's where you know having these conversations and inter interviewing these aggregators really come into play because you know maybe we're like, hey, we're really great at social media and DTC. We can take this brand and build it. You know, we can go another thirty percent in twelve to eighteen months just by building that out. So, but if you're only Amazon, maybe we're like, I don't know if we can do this, but maybe you're terrible at PPC, but somehow you're still number one, right? Maybe it's just the, the product alone and the reviews maintain that organic ranking, but maybe maybe you're only spending like 2% of your, your monthly sales on PPC and you know, your A cost is like 40, 50%. Well, it, you know, if there's a if there's an aggregator out there that's really really good at PPC, like hey, we can get this down to twenty percent. We can spend ten percent easy, get it down to twenty percent. You know, so there's there's so many way there's so many things that there's so many variables that come into play, even if you're the best selling product in your category. Well, that, that's what's so fascinating about all this too, is because of all the different iterations that can happen. Again, that's that's the nature of just Amazon being Amazon is. You're right. Uh, Amazon's almost, I think uh, the last I saw was 43%. I mean, it's close to 50. It might as well be 50. Um, I'm sure after 20, after December, it'll be close to 50. Yeah. Um, just the nature of inventory and whatnot. But it, it, the, everyone's looking for the right, the right story, the right way to build it. And I think that it's so hard to understand that it really just depends on the, the person in terms of how do you want to do it simultaneously? A lot of people say, hey, have do it at the same time. Do Amazon as well as direct-to-consumer. I spoke on this very podcast to a business owner that was representing Italian brands, um, and uh, they were selling on direct-to-consumer website. Literally that weekend before, they just launched bundles on Amazon. It was super profitable in the year leading up to it. Now they just know that there's eyeballs. It's the gift-giving season. There's opportunity for certain ones to sell on Amazon but I've also heard the other way of there's only certain products that will make sense to go direct to consumer. So there's all these different ways where people are constantly saying, what do I start with? Well, it really just it honestly, truly just depends on the product itself. Is it yeah. a repeatable product? Is it a product that uh, you can build a social following around? Is it something that fixes a problem? Is it something that's just a one-time purchase instead of a, you know, yeah. a gift product? It, it, it really just depends. So, um, what are the what are the surprising factors that you think of 
that when you're going through these on a day-to-day basis and you're looking at different brands, that is shocking to you, I'd say. Like, what's the most surprising thing that you run into a lot? Um, the most surprising, like getting into it. So I've, I've been doing this like five months now. So, um, I, Hey, you're an expert more than some businesses yeah. and companies that have well, existed out there. Well, yeah, I, it's still, <laughs> it's still surprising to me that people are, are admitting like, Hey, I've hit my plateau. I can build a brand to $2 million a year. We're profitable. Uh, I can live off of this and, and I've quit my whatever job. So this is just me, but I don't want to raise capital. Uh, I don't want to take a loan and I don't know how to build a team. So this is why I want to exit. That seems to be the majority. I thought a lot of people would just be like, I just want to see how much you'll give me or I want to retire. And we see, we, we get those. Like people are, people are open. Like I just want to sell it because I think I can make a really great profit these, these days. Uh, and then there's, there are people that are like looking to retire. And, um, but that's, that's what's been surprising to me is people are, and I think that's what makes a, a really successful business owner is you just kind of know, you know, your limits, right? Uh, I can't do everything. I'm not Elon Musk. I can't do everything all the time at the same time. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's been the most surprising. Um, yeah. What about, um, so, I mean, that that makes sense to me. I I would think that again, a team of one to 10 people, you you can only do so much. And because of the cost of going up, this, this, this is where I also see trends too. And as you and I are trends people of, as costs continue to rise for standing out on Amazon, um, albeit PPC or just advertising and whatnot, if you're not willing to take capital or you don't have this this kind of backing that you can play at that sort of level too, I almost I almost see that a lot of people read the writing on the wall and say, listen, there's not going to be a long time before someone's willing to throw every dollar they have at this and stand above and they're going to overtake me. I have to, if I'm um, truly maxed out, that, that could be the financial sense and then also with the headaches of again supply chain and logistics yeah no one has ability to manage both or the capital to really manage both so is that is it that gap that you think where a lot of people that sweet spot are like i think one or both are the issues i think if you have any assets right now especially in the united states north america i think now is an amazing time to sell anything like if you have a car that's got great value and it's paid off it's a great time to sell it the same thing with a house and I, I'm not telling anybody to sell those things. It's just because you can get a high price. Now you have to turn around and buy something else at that same high level. Um, you know, like you can't sell your car and, and then build a new car. Most of us can't, right? But you can sell a business and then start back over and build that business. So I think that's what's intriguing to a lot of people is like, you know, you weren't getting these numbers in 2020 and 2019 and 2018 and going back. You know, and, and the thing with aggregators is businesses buying businesses have been around since businesses have existed. So this isn't yeah. new. This is not a new this, model. It's not a new business model. It's just new to our community. Um, and it came in with billions of dollars and, you know, and hats off to, to Thrasio because most of that money's at Thrasio right now. So, um, you know, they kind of set that, they set the tone, right? They set the pace. Um, and so it, 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 it's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, like why, why all of a sudden? And, um, you know, like, I mean, honestly, I, I've got a friend of mine that is building a aggregator for SaaS company, software as a service. So, um, and I've got a friend of mine locally that has a, a real estate aggregator. They're buying literally any home that will sell to them. And they're, sometimes they're immediately flipping them or sometimes they're, they're, they will buy more and fix them up and sell them later. So, um, I think 
I think that aggregators are something uh, that, you know, this is, I think venture capital and private equity firms are, re, are, are just trying to diversify. And I think that, that it's like, oh, we've heard about this Amazon thing. We heard about SaaS companies and we heard about real estate and there's probably others, right? Um, so, um, but, you know, businesses acquiring businesses is, is, is nothing new. Right. right. Um, well, and the money that comes into the market too is is earmarked for projects, and it's also almost like people have to understand with VC money or venture capital money, it's to see if that you can make a dent or turn around on investment. And again, yeah. it's a quick it's a quick thing too. So if it's a strike where the iron's hot, that's why a lot of it merges so quickly, is because they don't want to be the ones left out of the market. Not a bad thing. It's just that's where opportunity always is. Again, that's why you see the EV market. Um, taking a step out of, yeah, exploding yeah. right now. You have all these companies are like, well, they're going to take on Tesla. Well, it makes sense because where's a lot of money going into electric vehicles? It was yeah. initially Tesla. Then everyone's like, well, I could do it cheaper, more effectively. And, uh, I want a piece of that pie. Yeah, uh, of course. And it makes sense. Well, um, that, yeah, it, it is something like the EV market. That's just trickle down too, not trickle down economics, but like Panasonic has gotten a boom because they're building the battery, the cells for Tesla. Right. The, and, um, or they were, oh man, I can't remember. So don't, nobody quote me on that. I think they were. At one Tesla's, point they were or are. So. Um, I think they, I think anyway, so, but it's like everything from batteries to solar panels, to motors, to, you know, like the EV market is, is moving rapidly and, and even the major manufacturers take a notice, right? So GM, Ford and Dodge Chrysler, like they're, they're all saying, Hey, by 2035 or, or 2040 or whatever their number is, half of our fleet or most of our fleet is going to be EV. And for them, they've now realized that it's quicker and cheaper to manufacture that. Like it's going to take a while to ramp up production, but there's just less moving parts in an EV vehicle versus an internal combustion. So if there's less moving parts, there's less parts to acquire. There's less parts to put together. So eventually it will be, it'll be a benefit. So if there's, and also if there's less parts, there's less parts to break. So <clears throat> I'm not saying EVs are going to take over the world. I love anything that goes fast, but that's just one example of the EV market exploding. But then there's all these other things, all these other parts of uh, EV manufacturing that get an uptick as well. Right. Well, and you can even attribute that to back to business and the e-commerce world, right? Like if, if there's these companies that are actually, um, they're incubating, I would say like from this model, even as of 16 months ago or 18 months ago, you're starting to see the, these different branches start to, to come off of the aggregate model. There's the accelerator model, there's the agency, which has always been around, but they're tying into that of like just running brands more at scale. There is the uh, aggregator model. And then there's also the just like different investment models that are stemming from it. Like, hey, invest into my business so I can grow to a point of, you know, exiting my business. So. Again, the trickle down nature of if you can apply that and there's a lot of different businesses that can almost say, I can take that and instead of building out ourselves, it's already built, we just take on the processes and now we can just do whatever we want under this portfolio of product, solution, whatever we want to call it. So it's almost not streamlining it, but it's almost connecting the dots and taking out some of the, the little pieces here and there. Yeah. Not a bad thing, just that's how businesses in general. Um, so what does that look like? So as, as brands become under these portfolios and, and whatnot, 
is there any sort of like because the model is based on mostly on Amazon is there any sort of hesitation or concern going into 2022 what what does it look like for the next year of we should really plan for XYZ and that's what everyone needs to buckle up for um well, I don't want to give away any secrets but um so yeah nothing proprietary myself. and yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, stay employed after the end of this yeah so. I, let, yeah <laughs> let's try um I I th I think that our our focus is just like it's 80 20 that's you know and that's how every major business is and what I mean by that is what's gonna what's what can we do that's gonna make the biggest impact on our business right um, is it buying a supplement brand that is primarily D to C and we know nothing about like we're just not well versed in D to C and supplements as we are other things that are selling on Amazon primarily so like that's probably not something that we're gonna entertain right just as an example so i think we're going to continue to focus on like we've been mergen has been around since um october of 2020 so a little over a year so we've really found our footing on what we're good at so we're just going to keep continuing to lean into that um building a team that fit, fills those needs um hint hint we're constantly hiring so um and uh as everybody is these days right but um you know, just, just lean into what we're good at and every aggregator is just a little different and we're just going to continue to build the team that, that, uh, you know, helps us build upon what we're, what we're good at. So team building really, I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to look into. So, um, as far as specifics, um, I, I think our specifics, like our, our, what we're looking for in the brand is primarily going to stay the same. Um, you know, things like, I, like, I like seeing that they have some sort of social media presence. Um, you don't have to be killing it on Walmart or, or Etsy or your own Shopify store, but having those and they're profitable just means that that, it means that there's potential for that brand to live off of Amazon. Right. So <clears throat> I like seeing things like that. Some aggregators don't care for it or, you know, cause they're just not trying to build that team out. And I, and I think aggregators, going into 2022 are going to continue to lean in what they're good at. Again, maybe they're really good at, maybe they built a team and they're good at Walmart now. And maybe they're good at, you know, maybe they're building their own software. Um, maybe they're building, you know, a team that is for social media, that's going to control all the social media for all the brands that they acquire. And they're going to put, but they're going to drive all that traffic back to Amazon. So, um, so yeah, that's my vanilla prediction for 2022. <laughs> No, that well, a lot of those again, a lot of different paths to go down. I think that there's a lot of different fascinations in terms of the model. Do you, do you feel like that it would almost be condensing too to look at manufacturing as well? And, and you, you were, we were talking about logistics earlier to look at just different opportunities in terms of the way to partner and build in the United States in terms of logistics, yeah. in terms of a cost perspective. Like, is that going to be on a lot of people's radars? Do you think? Or it already is. I, would think. I mean, it, it it already is. There's there's. I heard a story, and I don't know the name of the brand, um, but uh, this guy or this company, there. You know, it's like everybody else. You you could go buy ten million dollars worth of inventory, and it's still going to take eight months. So they took a sizable portion of of their money, and they basically bought the factory. Like they bought a, equipment, and now they're relocating to Mexico. 
because and then they're going to hire everybody in Mexico um, and train them and everything and ramp up production there. Like that'll be that's that's um, I mean, it's a really big test, but their goal is to, to have that to become one of their major uh, manufacturing points. Right. And to not really not lean on any one source so much in 2022 and also in Mexico, because it just makes sense from logistics. Like you can get product from there to, to Amazon warehouses in probably less than a week. Right. Versus, you know, is the number weeks. one, isn't it trainer or truck trainer truck is pretty consistent from Mexico. Yeah. Cause yeah, you don't I mean, need about anything obviously. It doesn't need to be unloaded. Well, onboarded. you still, obviously. you still have, yeah, still have customs and everything, but it's not coming through the ports. So right. most of it's not coming through the port. So it's not sitting on water for a month at a time. Yeah. It, yeah. It, so, um, you know, and, and, and so I know that are, I know there are a lot of brands looking into manufacturing in North America and South America. Um, you know, maybe that, maybe they're in North Dakota, maybe they're looking into Canada or, or somewhere up there, or maybe, maybe in Mexico, maybe Latin, somewhere else in Latin America. Um, and I, my prediction, and I, I posted about this last week, my prediction is that that will continue to be a growth spot for manufacturing, like North America, will, it will, like we're not going to, it's not going to be the next, uh, another industrial revolution, but, um, you know, the, some of these brands realize that they can't survive another 2021 of waiting seven to eight months or longer from the, from the moment they place an order to getting inventory. They can't survive that. Right. And they can't survive a $40,000 shipping container anymore. Just the shipping container. That's not even the, the inventory. Yeah. So, and these, and I'm talking about big brands too. Like there are big brands that are like, we can't do it. Walmart and I think Walmart and Lowe's or maybe Walmart and uh, Home Depot. It's Home Depot. Wal- leasing their own fleets. Yeah. No, they Walmart bought has bought their own container ships. Like they're, they're just like, no, we, yeah. we're not, we're not, we're not even doing like, no, we're not, we're not waiting on you. We'll come get our own stuff. Um, yeah. That, that was I posted that article too. I saw on literally CNBC just released this twenty five minute documentary almost of Amazon literally just unlo- unloaded in October its first built by Amazon containers in Houston today. Of it, it makes sense too, right? Like going yeah. on off of that logistics system of the whole nuance of why there's so many different uh, delays is you have to return back the shipping containers on the boat that they come on if they're not yours. So if Amazon owns it and they ship it to the port of Houston, for example, they take that shipping, they know a guaranteed container can now go onto a train or anything like that. They don't have to rely on, uh, do I have containers? Do I not have containers? And they're able to build those out. Again, that's Amazon at Amazon scale. SMBs can't do that, but they have to, they have the ability to, now solely rely on their own containers which is a really cool thought process of i own everything in my whole entire ecosystem and again in shipping logistics i think they handled 72 percent of all their shipping in terms of all the packages that left their warehouses it's unreal like they they want that's that's how they started their ecosystem and i think a lot of retailers are going to have to catch up with that if they want to continue to be well and that and that came out of necessity a few years ago, right? Like the, the U S logistics just couldn't keep up. Like they're using, they were using everybody, DHL, UPS, FedEx, USPS, those four combined. And I'm sure there's other small regional, but they couldn't keep up with the demand of Amazon. So it's like, okay, well we have to, that's why we now have Amazon trucks in our neighborhoods, just as much as we have USP. I see the, I see the Amazon 
Prime truck drive by every day just as much as I see the USPS truck. They're not stopping at my house every day. I'm just saying they drive by. And they uh, they will take over, according to their head of logistics, they will take over as the number one shipping and logistics provider delivery service by early 2022. And that's just a a month or two away that they said that they're going to handle more packages and deliveries than USPS, which is the number one provider. So taking over the postal service, uh, one package or box at a time or sealable package. Um, what else, what else are people trying to keep an eye on, especially like over there that you're again, predictions are predictions until like Amazon decides to drop a bomb on us. And we're like, well, what does this mean? And just completely derails us for the year. What are the things that you think are likely to happen and, or, you know, that, that could, that a lot of things make sense building up to where we are, or we're going to go. Um, as far as like aggregators or just Amazon in general or, or both doesn't matter. Yeah. I would say both. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all about Uh, being fluid here. Um, for aggregators, here's my prediction. And I, and I've said this before. Um, I think that and it might take a little bit longer than a year, but I think that in a year to two years, the, um, the valuations will stabilize and drop off on some, um, categories. And here's why, because as aggregators start to niche down, you won't have as many people competing to buy that brand. Like, let's say we go heavy into home and garden, right? We're not going to buy, you know, your electronics brand or, you know, whatever your, whatever, like we're, so we won't be competing. We won't looking, we're not going to put in an offer for that. And when you have a reduction in offers, then there's less competition. So, you know, uh, I'm not trying to force the market down or anything. I just think that's what's, it's going to be a natural byproduct. It's like, it's a bubble, right? And we've all said that and everything's a bubble, right? Um, Everybody's been hot and heavy in crypto this year more than they, it, crypto is hotter this year than ever, right? Um, but now we're seeing a downturn in all these uh, high, you know, these high numbers, right? So uh, I think it'll happen. I don't think it's going to just insanely drop off, but um, you're, I think that we're just going to have, I think that most brands out there, unless they're just like this home run brand, that's just like, we have to buy this brand because we can 20 exit in 18 months, right? Um, those will still exist. Um, and also because I think that a lot, there's a lot of brands trying to sell their brand, uh, and for several reasons, but also people are out there just kicking the tires. Like, what, what will you give me for this? Some people have no idea what their brand is worth. They have no idea. So I'm just going to kick the tires. Wow. You're going to give me $5 million. Like, okay, I'll sell. I'm not, it's not, you know, it's not my child. Like I'm not that emotionally attached to it. I'll sell you in a heartbeat. Um, so I think that there's a lot of those people that are still out there, but the, those people are, are going to also kind of dry up that, that, uh, cream of the crop is what I like to call it brands that are out there wanting to sell their businesses or at least interested. I think that's going to dry up just a little bit. So, um, you know, but maybe it'll continue to grow, uh, you know, again, 2020, nobody would have predicted that e-commerce would have grown 40, 50% because of the pandemic. Um, so we'll see. That, that's my prediction for aggregators. I think we're all going to get smarter and leaner um, and, and just trying to build our teams the best way that we know how. Um, mm-hmm. For Amazon, I, I think that, and I, I've always said this but since, I don't know, forever, I still think that building some sort of external presence matters. Uh, and it, this has nothing to do with evaluations, 
but when you are when you have your own audience, um, maybe that's two thousand people, or maybe that's twenty thousand people. Whether that's on social media, like maybe it's just TikTok, or maybe it's just Facebook, or whatever, um, and maybe you just have a small messaging list. Um, you can control and dictate where they buy your products. Maybe they buy them just on Facebook uh, or just Etsy or, or, or Amazon, but you don't rely on the traffic of one, one source anymore. So like, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're number two, number three in your category. And you're like, I can't crest over that. Like I start to spend more money on PPC and my ACOS goes up and then my rankings go down. So like, I, I know where I'm good or like if I leave everything alone and I leave PPC alone, I'm number two and number three for most of the keywords. But if you had some sort of external presence and you drive traffic to it, then maybe you get to number one. Maybe you, maybe you stabilize at number one and number two instead of number two or number three. Um, or you start to build out a D2C brand, but it just gives you options and those options give you leverage in a brand. So there, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of brands overlook this because I've been doing this for over six years. And in my opinion, the people that are really good at building a, a brand that primarily sells on Amazon, they're super analytical. Um, meaning like they can look at a PPC spreadsheet um, and it doesn't make them have an aneurysm, right? They can look at business reports and like, it's almost like a beautiful mind. They can just pick everything up really quickly. Um, then you've got, but to build a DDC brand and to, to create content and everything, it's a very creative process. Um, everything from building a logo to driving traffic and, and building a nice website and building a really nice social presence. Um, that's just a different side of the brain. Some people are really good at analytics. Some people are really good at creative. So I think that if you want to start somebody to help you down that path, if you're not really sure where to start, but if you, if you want to start building a social media presence, like I would just start documenting, like I've seen so many brands, like I love social media. I love watching, how brands are created through right. social media. And there's dozens of examples, but um, almost like, Hey, we hit our like thousand follower mark or we nothing we, like, not even yeah. that dude, I've watched brands blow up on TikTok. Like, and these are, these are like people that are just making something. So I like, I'm into 3d printing as you know. And so I follow a lot of uh, other people with 3d printing and uh, a while back, I saw this kid just make a Pokemon ball, right? It just kind of opened, printed it different colors. It opens up. He went viral and it was like, hey, can I buy one? And he's like, yeah, sure. They're like 25 bucks, right? He got over 300 orders. Like, so he made a couple of videos of like, hey, some people have been asking. So here's my website or Etsy or whatever. He had over 300 orders. He had to go buy more printers to right. make those. And then, so I still follow him. He has a business now because of that. So and that's just one example. Like, I think that just documenting the process of your business, right? The most boring things in the world. Uh, like I follow a guy on social media that owns a septic tank company, but I don't have a septic tank, but he has a lot of, uh, he's a good storyteller and he has a lot of good business advice in my opinion. So uh, I continue to follow him and his business has been like, even though he can only service his regional area, everybody knows that guy in that area. That's the septic tank guy on TikTok. So like everybody knows, like, and he's talked about videos, like where, where his local presence has been uplifted because of social media. Um, and not everybody's great at that. Right. Um, so that's why I was saying like, just start documenting it and kind of understanding 
what your demographic wants to hear from you. Like, what do they, what do they want to watch? Um, you know, maybe you just talk about how, how selling on Amazon, like you can talk about the highs and the lows and that's endless content alone. So, um, but maybe, maybe you showcase your brand on social media and people are like, wow, I love this thing. Can I buy this thing? Um, so I think if you don't know where to start, just document, just, you know, just start doing that and you'll learn what people want to watch. You'll get better at that. It's a skill, right? Creating content is a skill. muscle, man. Like yeah. working out. <laughs> yeah. We don't absolutely. want to do it, but we have to, to get stronger at it. So. Yeah. Well, I, I know we're already at the top there and I could talk with you all day, but for people who are just curious, obviously if they heard you before now need to get connected with you, obviously on social media, we have you linked out to all the different places, but is there a good way to connect with either you or emergent? Um, uh, if they want to talk more. Yeah. Um, so like I said, if, if you're just now joining in, like, so I offer free, initial consultations if there's no pitch um if you're like hey you guys are you guys interested in this brand or i know nothing about selling a, a brand online can can you give me a couple of pointers like i do that all the time um so if you just shoot me a message on on facebook or linkedin um you know i can shoot you a, a, a link and we can chat later you can also email me barkus at emergent uh and then emergence on facebook and linkedin and uh we also have our website emergent.com there you go learn more at emergent.com uh it's spelled with an A. So if Google, I'm going to, this is a tip, a hot tip for people. If you try to spell it how it actually is, they will try to, Google will try to rename it for you. So if you yeah. can't find it, it does exist. You just have to put it in the website. But if you're just Googling emergent, make sure it's with an A, not an E. And uh, hot tip for the uh, business today, make sure it's uh, with an A instead of the E. So uh, for people who are trying to Google you, put the, put the dot com after, it'll just help. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, Barkus, thank you so much for hopping on today. Stick there and we'll uh, catch up a little bit more after the show. But uh, thank you so much for, as always, friend of the show, uh, for hopping on Crossover Converse. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. And everyone else, thank you so much for hopping on another episode of Crossover Commerce. Uh, we appreciate you every single time you come on this uh, podcast in my corner of the internet. Again, this is episode 192 of Crossover Commerce. This week is action packed. We'll have a podcast every single day this week leading up to our 200th episode, hopefully next Friday. That's what we're shooting for. So if you're counting down with me, that'll be next Friday or next Thursday is what we're shooting for. So in the meantime, uh, I want to thank Marcus uh, from Emergent, Marcus Patty from Emergent, who is a friend of the show. Him and I talk all the time about different things that are emerging in the market. So if you haven't followed him or connected with him, make sure you definitely do um, and just reach out and say where you can maybe improve your business and go from there. That being said, this is Crossover Commerce, episode 192. I'm Ryan Kramer, the host of this show. Make sure you guys take care, and we'll catch you guys next time.